section twelve of the three lieutenants this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the three lieutenants by william henry giles kingston chapter ten cruise of the supplejack calms and heat a shark caught exercising at the guns a boat seen needham and one of the missing midshipmen found nearly dying from thirst they bring alarming information the supplejack was making the best of her way across the caribbean sea murray or one of his subordinates higson or jos green usually so called the second master of the corvette was ever on deck with watchful eyes on the bending topmasts carrying on as much sail as the brig could bear gallantly she slashed through the blue heaving seas a mass of white foam rising up round her bows and sheets of sparkling spray flying over her forecastle a bright lookout was kept on every side not in the expectation of meeting either with a slaver or pirate but the young commander could not help secretly hoping that he might fall in with the sarah jane and be relieved of his chief cause of anxiety his patience however on several occasions was sorely tried when the wind fell light one day too a perfect calm came on and the brig lay her sides lapping the glassy sea as she rolled in the slowly heaving sluggish swell and her sails flapped lazily against the masts in vain old higson whistled for a wind till his cheeks were ready to crack not that he really believed the proceeding would produce a breeze or that he had any notion of the origin of the custom but he had always done so when there was a calm and he wanted a wind and the wind if he whistled long enough always came the heat was oppressive as it always is under such circumstances in those latitudes the spirits of all fell except those of jos green who was ever merry blow high or blow low in sunshine or cold the grumblers grumbled of course but in lower tones than usual like the mutterings of distant thunder the phlegmatic became more supine the quarrelsome had not the energy to dispute the talkative was silent and even pat blathermouth who could usually spin a yarn which lasted from the beginning to eight bells in a watch and then wasn't half finished could scarcely draw out an oft-told tale which was wont to make his hearers burst their sides with laughter but now only sent them to sleep of course it's hot answered jolly jos to a remark of higson's what else would you have it here in the tropics with the bright sun striking down from the cloudless sky it has its advantages and it is better than cold and saves one the trouble of putting on more clothing than decency requires but it may be the harbinger of another hurricane and that wouldn't be pleasant observed Fligson no fear of a hurricane they seldom reach so far south answered jos wait patiently and we shall get the breeze before long if not what's the odds we are very happy as we are you're a salamander or you wouldn't say that growled higson 
just the very thing of all others it's most convenient to be just now answered jolly joss laughing it really isn't hotter than it has been often before only there are fewer hands to divide it amongst eh just do your turn in hig and forget your troubles in sleep i shall be stewed if i do moaned higson i've a great mind to have a swim it will be the last you'll ever take old fellow depend on that said green look there he pointed to the black fin of a huge shark which the next instant turning up its white belly opened its huge mouth to swallow the contents of the cook's slush bucket see jack has had his soup and will be ready for the next course which you proposed offering him thank you joss i've changed my mind said higson but i should not object to catch the fellow and take a slice out of him instead a stout hook with a bit of chain to the end of a strong line and baited with a piece of pork was quickly got ready even the most apathetic of the seamen were aroused with the hopes of capturing their hated foe a couple of running bowlines were prepared higson dropped the tempting morsel and let it sink down deep then rapidly drew it up again quick as lightning the shark darted at it and down his throat it went his jaws closing with a snap which made higson draw up his leg the monster's sharp teeth however could not bite through the chain haul away lads cried the old mate while ben snatchblock slipped a running bowline over the creature's head its tail coming to the surface he dexterously got another round it and in spite of its violent struggles it was hoisted on board stand clear of him lads shouted higson though the men did not need the warning the crew seizing axes capstan bars and boarding pikes attacked the captive monster as it lay writhing on deck lashing out furiously with its tail and every now and then opening its huge jaws as if even then it had hopes of catching one of its assailants it showed what it could do by biting off the head of a boarding pike which ben thrust into its mouth with wild shouts the men sprang round it rushing in every now and then to give it a blow with an axe or capstan bar and leaping back again to avoid its tail for even though its head was nearly smashed in that continued striking out and lashing the deck as furiously as at first till higson came down on it with a well-aimed blow of his axe which instantly paralyzed it and it lay motionless we'll make sure lads he don't come to life again exclaimed ben as he set to work to chop off the tail the head was treated in the same way and a number of slices being cut off the body the remainder was thrown overboard murray wondering what the hubbub was about had come on deck and was an amused spectator of the scene the men no longer thought of the heat and in spite of it regaled themselves heartily on shark steaks at dinner the capture of the shark too brought them good luck they declared for a favourable breeze shortly afterwards sprang up and held till the northern coast of the south american continent was sighted before however cartagena the port at which murray had been directed to call first could be made it again fell calm 
he felt the delay very trying he had been eagerly hoping to get in by the evening to ascertain if anything had been heard of the sarah jane and now another whole day or more might pass before he could gain any information the coast lay in sight its ranges of light blue mountains looking like clouds rising above the horizon but proving that they were mountains by never altering their shape or position higson whistled as energetically as usual but not a cat's paw played over the surface of the mirror-like sea and not an inch nearer the shore did the brig move during the day the night passed by and the hot sun rose once more out of the still slumbering ocean the day wore on but no breeze came the men of course were not idle murray had from the first exercised them at their guns and especially in the use of the long one he remembered the advice admiral triton had given to jack rogers and which jack had repeated to him don't mind throwing a few rounds of shot away you'll make the better use of those you have remaining he accordingly had a floating target rigged and carried out to a distance and each day during a calm he exercised the men at it for some hours till they learnt to handle their long gun with as much ease as the carronades though we miss that mark sometimes we shall manage to hit a larger one without fail if it comes in our way my lads he sang out to encourage the crew as they were working away at it during the morning after dinner the men were allowed some time to rest and all was quiet an observation showed that the brig's position had not altered since the previous noon what do you make that out to be green asked higson the officer of the watch who had been looking through his telescope towards the shore green turned his glass in the same direction a boat and she must be coming towards us he answered after the delay of a minute or so higson sent him to report the circumstance to the commander who at once came on deck various were the surmises as to what could bring the boat off to them she must have had a long pull of it at all events observed higson perhaps she had the land wind which we don't feel out here said green little doubt about that she must have some urgent cause for coming out thus far to us remarked murray lower the gig mr higson and go and meet her he added immediately afterwards the people in the boat are evidently tired with their long pull and make but slow progress the gig's crew called away she was lowered and higson pulled off towards the approaching boat meantime murray walked the deck with impatient steps several times he stopped and raised his glass to his eye watching her eagerly at length he saw that the gig had reached her the two boats were alongside each other for a minute and then the gig came rowing rapidly back leaving the other behind murray watched her there must be something of importance to make higson hurry back at that rate he said to himself he has brought the people from the boat i see as the gig drew nearer he saw higson stand up and wave his handkerchief in a few minutes more she was near enough for him to distinguish those in her is it possible or do my eyes deceive me he exclaimed there's a lad in a midshipman's uniform if he is not gerald desmond he is wonderfully like him there can be little doubt who he is sir said green who was standing near his commander if that is not desmond i am a dutchman and the man sitting just abaft 
the stroke or is dick needham who went with the youngsters in the drodger as they are safe it is to be hoped the rest escaped too i have often heard that midshipmen have as many lives as cats i trust indeed that all have been saved said murray in a grave tone he felt too anxious to joke with jos just then the gig was soon alongside and gerald desmond looking pale and exhausted was lifted on deck needham with some help managing to follow him i am truly thankful to see you desmond said murray as he took the hand of the young midshipman who was being carried aft in the arms of two of the sailors have tom and archy also been saved gerald tried to reply but no sound came from his parched throat he had barely strength to point with a finger to his lips needham was in but little better plight though he managed to murmur water water several cans full were instantly brought by eager hands stop lads you'll suffocate the poor fellows if you pour all that water down their throats exclaimed mctavish the assistant surgeon of the corvette who had been lent to the supplejack just a wine-glassful at a time with a few drops of brandy in it will be the best thing for them while the surgeon was attending to his patients higson made his report to the commander he had found them both still trying to pull but so exhausted that they could scarcely move their oars no sooner did he get alongside than desmond sank down in the bottom of the boat unable to speak needham however had had strength sufficient to tell him that both the other midshipmen were alive but prisoners on shore though how they got into prison he had not said from what i could make out sir i am afraid they are not the only english in the hands of the spaniards or carthagenians or whatever the rascals call themselves continued higson i caught the words the colonel and a young lady and no time to be lost but what he wished to say more i couldn't make out only i cannot help thinking that he must have alluded to the colonel and his daughter who sailed the other day in the brig from antigua i fear that there is no doubt about it exclaimed murray greatly agitated when needham has sufficiently recovered to speak we shall learn more about the matter and be able to decide what to do stay that no time may be lost let the boats be got ready with water casks and provisions and see that the crews have their cutlasses sharpened and pistols in order should the calm continue i will lead an expedition on shore and insist on the liberation of the prisoners the sight of the british flag will probably put the dons on their good behaviour and if not we must try what force can do i will leave you higson in charge of the brig with twenty hands and as soon as a breeze springs up you will stand in after me and act according to circumstances i am afraid sir that if the carthagenians or whatever they call themselves are threatened with force they will retaliate on their prisoners observed higson mongrels as they are if they have a drop of spanish blood running in their veins they would not surely injure a lady exclaimed murray not so sure of that whether whole or half-blooded spaniards are savage fellows when their temper's up answered higson however let us hope for the best all i can make out is that our friends are prisoners but the why and the wherefore i don't understand only as desmond and needham were evidently in a great hurry to get off to us i am afraid that they must be in some danger 
higson's remarks contributed to make murray feel more anxious even than at first the forebodings which had oppressed him since stella and her father left antigua had too probably been realized while higson issued the orders he had just received murray went up to where the young midshipman and needham had been placed under an awning attended by the surgeon the cook had meantime been preparing some broth a few spoonsful of which as soon as they could swallow them were poured down their throats this treatment had an almost magical effect needham was soon able to sit up and speak and even gerald though his strength had been more completely prostrated recovered sufficiently soon afterwards to give a clear account of the way they had been saved and of what had afterwards happened in consequence however of murray's anxiety they narrated the latter part of their adventures first though they will be better understood if they are described in their proper sequence End of chapter ten